Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. On the screen will be coming some words. Let's read them together. We celebrate you, Jesus. Our hearts will rejoice. Our voices sing praise. With joy overflowing. Today our thoughts focus on joy. It is the second Sunday in Advent. Uh, it is the angel sing hallelujah Advent candle of joy. Now if you're used to the traditional Advent theme it's a little different. Each year I try to develop a, a different little take on Advent to kind of give us a, a unique outlook and so this year we are taking the four verses of Silent Night, Holy Night, and we're breaking them up to each four weeks, and we're focusing on the subject of each one of those verses. Last week was the Silent Night, Holy Night candle of peace, and today it's the angel sing hallelujah, Advent candle of joy. And it is, uh, the second Sunday is part of the series you see here, we're using Silent Night, Holy Night. This year, uh, actually on Christmas Eve, will be the 200th anniversary of the writing of the music and the first performance of Silent Night, Holy Night in uh, St. Nicholas Church in Oberndorf, Austria. So uh, 200 years of, uh, of, of worship and celebration and remembrance, and we are focusing on that this time uh, for do that. Now, each week we are singing a verse of it, so let's sing together uh, a little bit more in the monitor here. Second verse here of we think about joy. Let's sing together. Silent night, holy night, darkness flies, Today, Jim Doré and Brennan and Deb Roseman are here. We continue today with the lighting of the Advent candles. Last week we lit the silent night, holy night candle of peace. Today we light the second candle, the Alleluia, Hail the King candle of joy, where we remember the angel's song of Alleluia, Hail the King. Let's pray. 
Dear Father, may we join this day with the angels and lift up our praise with joy in our hearts. Alleluia, hail the King. May we share this joy with all we meet and let others know that the true reason for Christmas is Jesus, the Savior of the world. O Christ, fill us with joy as on that silent night, holy night so long ago. In the name of King Jesus we pray, amen. so much. So, last week, Silent Night, Holy Night, Candle of Peace. Today, the uh, angels sing hallelujah, Candle of Joy. Joy is something that I think all of us want and the world wants, but unfortunately the world doesn't really understand it. They, they seek, they call something joy and it's really just a search for happiness or pleasure. But we're, thinking, we're talking about genuine peace, genuine joy that I believe only can be experienced by those who are true believers in Jesus Christ. I don't think you can experience, not, not the biblical form of it, maybe a, the earthly definition, but the biblical form of peace is found only in Christ. The biblical genuine response of joy only comes from knowing Jesus and having him in your hearts. So today I hope that we will strive to focus on peace and of joy and not let anything or anyone rob us. There's a story of a little bird. Some of you may be bird fans. A parakeet by the name of Chippy. Now, Chippy loved to sing. And he would spend most of the day singing songs and just had... You know, if a parakeet could smile, you know, he just had a big smile all the time. He was just joyful. Well, his owner, one day, who, who was very fastidious about cleaning, got a new vacuum cleaner. And so she put Chippy up at the top, and it was a new one that had those little nice little handles. And so he was, she was just vacuuming, cleaning up, and feeling so good about things. About that time, the phone rang, and it jolted her a little bit. And her hand kind of went from down there to up here. And you can imagine what happened. Sucked into that vacuum cleaner was poor Chippy. Well, she freaked out, threw the phone down, grabbed the, the, uh, the uh, machine and opened it up, pulled the bag open, and there was Chippy. I mean, just covered in dust and, and stuff. It was a mess. So she began to kind of freak out, and she ran to the bathtub, pulled on the water full blast, and washed him down. Then she realized that he was half drowned, so she pulled out the hairdryer and a high blast, <laughs> blew him dry. Now, you can imagine, Chippy's joy level went from here to here very quickly. Maybe you know somebody like Chippy. Maybe you are experiencing what Chippy's going through. Life has just sucked the vitality out of you. And it has drowned you with overflow of, of frustrations or blown you away with the heat of anger. Well, like I said, all of us know some Chippies. 
And some of us are chippy. We're going through that now. But the thrust of today is, is peace and joy is available to you no matter how much life tries to suck you away, drown you, or blow you away. God's love, his peace, his joy is there for us if we choose to accept it. Well, if you would take your Bibles, of course, uh, today the, the central theme here is, is Christ fills us with joy. So let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2. And I have part of the scripture in the, uh, in the bulletin, but it was too long to put in there. So uh, you'll probably need your Bibles. There's some Bibles in the rack. Or you can pull your phones out and uh, do that. You can even go to our app. There's a Bible on our app. So. But Luke chapter 2, probably the most well-known and beloved of the scripture verses. Most of you remember Charlie Brown and his crew reading that passage on the little uh, Peanuts character in their movie. But let's uh, follow along with me. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Galilee and Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family lineage of David. He went there to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then the angel of the Lord stood round about them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with awe and terror. But the angel said to them, Fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, There was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. After seeing them, They reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds then returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as had been told. Amen, amen. Beautiful passage of Scripture. Now, there's a whole lot that we could talk about in there. But we just want to really pull out just a a central focus here uh, of the idea of joy. The message of this is good news of great joy. A Savior has come. Now, in this story, it wasn't quite as bad as Chippy and his vacuum cleaner uh, 
experience. But if you were half asleep at night, say at a camp, uh, camping out, and, uh, and the heavens lit up and angels started singing and shouting, you would be a little bit shocked in, as well. They were, they were in awe. They were in uh, experience. But the shepherds truly got a wake-up call that night uh, and, and woke up like a Christmas tree. So the point here today is I want us to think of ourselves as those shepherds and realize what they went through and how they came to receive and accept and live in this joy and that, so that we too can have that in our life. Now there's five brief things that we're going to look at and they all start with an A just to be a hypnotic device to help you remember that. But let's look at the story from Luke 2 from the viewpoint of the shepherds and how they attained this joy and what, what the steps they went through. Well, number one, we need to be attentive to what God has called you to do. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch. And the idea here is vigilantly keeping watch over their flock by night. The shepherds were doing their job. They were faithful at it. They, they gave it their, their full measure. They gave their life for that. They spent time. And even though shepherding was considered probably one of the lowest menial jobs that you could have, they were doing their best. They were attentive. They were watchful. And whatever they were called to do, they were doing. We, as believers, we need to be attentive to what God has called us to do. That may be a student, it may be a, a family member, it may be a worker, uh, employer, employee. Whatever your job is, it may be a, a work here in the church. It's a ministry in teaching or leading or sharing. But God wants us to be attentive in what we're called to do. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. Some of you have jobs or you have experiences in your life that it may not quite be exactly what you would like. You'd like something different. But you know, whatever God has for you right now, you need to be doing it faithfully and with all your heart. Christians should be the most efficient and effective employees of all people. And employers, by the way, as well. God has called us to do. So whatever that is, no matter, it can't be any more menial than shepherding. But whatever God is, has you doing right now, do it with all your heart. Pay attention to it and realize that what you're doing, you're doing it in the honor to glorify God. So give your best. Be attentive. Secondly, be awed by God's message to you. Verse 2-9 says, The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were full of awe and terror. Now the word here is, it, it seems a little odd for us to think about that we should be in terror, but the word more has the idea of profound wonder and respect and just, Wow. God, what you've done is just so amazing. 
and it, it's a little bit so overwhelming that it's almost a little bit of fear, like, I don't know what to, what to, what to do, how to experience this. There are a lot of things that happen in our life where God shows up. And God wants to drive you, encourage you to be in respect and wonder and awe of all that he has done. We easily take for granted, well, yeah, God created the world, the moon, the stars. He holds it in place. Yeah, he gives me all the oxygen I need, the food and brain. He created everything about me, and he has a home for me in heaven. Ho-hum. It's easy sometimes just to kind of get, well, yeah, God's good. Yeah, it's all good. Sometimes we need to recapture that wonder, that awe, that we were once lost and separated. We are now found. We're part of God's family. We are forgiven. We have a home waiting for us in heaven. We have Jesus dwelling within our hearts. That should cause us to be in a continual state of of nearly of awe and wonder and thankfulness. We need to be attentive to what we're doing and we need to be looking for God in every aspect of our life. Whether it's in our jobs, in our families, in the the warm embrace of a family member, a hello from a friend, looking for the wonder of God in every aspect and letting that peace and joy overwhelm us and fill us with awe and wonder. So let's be attentive. Do what we need to be doing. And then look for God in every aspect of our life and to soak up all the joy. But thirdly, they, they did and we need to accept the gift of good news. Shepherds heard the message. But they could have said, man, we must have drank something uh, or smoked something that got us hallucinating here and then just decided to go back to sleep. But no, they made an intentional and deliberate choice to accept that the good news that this angel was saying was true. Now, most of you here are probably believers. You've accepted Christ. But we must never lose that joy to realize that the the good news, it's good news about salvation. Many times the world sees from Christians and hears from Christians a more negative message than a positive one. It's all about, well, you're sinners. Do this. You know, you didn't get right. You know, don't do this. Don't do that. Well, I mean, those are, that's, it is true. We, those things are true. But we need to present a positive, loving a projection of God that he is love, that he cares for us, that he has a purpose for us. And that we need to receive that good news that we can be made whole again. That peace and joy truly can be ours if we accept it. So, attentive, awed, accepting, and then you need to act on it. We need to act on our faith. If we truly believe the good news that Christ has come and that it's the message for all the world, we need to act upon that as the shepherds did. They did two things. They went and saw, and they left and they shared. Luke 2.16 says, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph the baby who was lying in the manger. They went, they saw. And then, verse 17, 
they left and shared. When they had seen the Christ, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this, this child. This word spread has the idea of make people aware and understand in a, in a way that they can receive. They became the first evangelists, the first missionaries. They left from there. They went. They accepted the good news. They went. They met with Jesus. They experienced him. They worshiped him. And then they went out and they shared. That's what our task is. We need to all come to Christ, which most of you have. But come to Christ. See that good news and see what God has done. But don't hold on to it. Don't just say, well, I've I'm, 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 I got my place in heaven. I'm good. I'll be nice and I'll try to do nice things. But I'm not going to get out there and really share it how everybody else can do it. It's just, you know, inconvenient. And it's uncomfortable. But you see, that's what we're called to do. Peace and joy is ours. Isn't it rather selfish for us just to sit on that? And hold that. We're meant to share that. There's a world out there. That is full of chippies. And they need to know that there is hope. That there is joy. We need to act on that. And then the last aspect that we see the shepherds doing. And what we should do. Is adore the Christ Emmanuel 24-7. Luke 2.20 says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, which were just as they had been told. They just didn't listen. They didn't just go and worship the king. They began to adore him, worship him, and share that message of joy so that others can come to know him and to worship him. If there's a shortage of joy in your life, there's going to be a difficulty in true worship and adoration in your life. If you're struggling with adoration, you're struggling with worship, it may be that your joy level has been sucked out of you or that you've allowed it to be washed away or blown away. There's a lady by the name of Stella Thorne Hope. True story of On Christmas Eve day, she was sitting in her home alone, no Christmas lights, even though that had been her tradition before, just alone. You see, her husband had died the month before, and she had just lost her joy and just lost the purpose of living. About that time, a knock came on the door. It was a delivery boy with a box, a package. It says, package for Miss Stella Thornhope. She said, what? She said, well, what is it? He said, I don't know. Let's open it. So open it up, and there was this adorable yellow golden retriever puppy just barking and laughing. And she was just kind of stunned and says, where did this come from? He said, well, there's a letter right here with it. And so she opened it up. And she began to read. And it was a letter from her husband. Six months earlier, he had, bought, he had went and found this, this pet owner that had a dog and still was pregnant, and, but said, I want to purchase one of these puppies when they're born. 
and I want you to send it to my wife on Christmas Eve. Now, at that time, he didn't quite realize that he would not be there. Well, as it came closer and closer, about three weeks before he died, he realized that his time was coming to an end. So he wrote this letter, didn't tell his wife about it, went to the pet owner and said, please, on Christmas Eve, add this letter to the delivery of the puppy. When she read that letter, it was him saying, you know, I know I'm not going to be there, and, but I want you, this puppy to be just a small, small symbol to keep you joyful and to know that you're loved until we meet again. About that time, she looked at the puppy and says, puppy, downstairs is a box with a tree in it and some decorations, some lights. And there's a manger scene down there. Let's go down there and get it. So she pulled it out, put the tree up, put the lights up, and joy came back into her life. Now, her husband was still gone. There was nothing magical about the puppy, but it was just the sign, the symbol that God still cared and that somebody was there and that there's still hope. It doesn't matter what you've gone through in your life. It doesn't matter how much you've been sucked dry or drowned out or blown away. Peace and joy can still be yours if you accept it, if you act upon it, and you make a choice to worship and adore the Lord. I want to encourage you to do I want you to realize that and, and let Christ fill you with joy. The Christ who was born so long ago on that silent night, that holy night. His peace and his joy is still available for you. And it's available for them out there in the world, people you meet. But they'll never know what peace and joy is if they don't see it in you. You and I are the only source of peace and joy they're going to see. Because that's God's plan. I mean, he could have done it a different way. But he designed it for us to be, be the bearers of peace and joy and of salvation. We must share that news. But we must first accept it for ourselves to make a choice to share. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. Move to a time of reflection, response. God has done his part. He created the world. He created us. And even after we sinned and fell short and broke that relationship, he sent prophets and priests. And then eventually he sent his own son, Jesus Christ. To be born as a babe. And that babe, just like that little puppy, was just a, a symbol of hope and joy. Jesus has peace. He is our peace. And let Jesus the Christ fill you with that joy. If you're a believer here today, it's time to recapture and restore the joy. No matter 
what has happened to you or what will happen to you. Nothing is greater than God's peace and joy if you'll choose it. There may be a few of you here that know about God and you, you respect him, but you've never quite made that decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and to surrender your life to him and become an authentic, genuine Christian. Not just in name, but in reality. This is Pastor Moke again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard of the message or read of the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.